everybody, everybody, this is how I feel when my Pittsburgh Steelers win. I love it. I love it. I love it. Week seven of the NFL season is in play. Obviously, the start of the NBA season is going, is about to jump off. And of course, there's some things in the world of pop culture and entertainment that you know your boy Stephen A got to touch on. I'm in the house, the Stephen A. Smith Show. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at the very least over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As usual, I'm right here in my studio. Thanks to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. The love continues to come and I can't thank y'all enough. The subscribers have exceeded 356 thousand i'm talking about six thousand just in the last couple of days or so so thank you very very much okay keep the love coming i'm gonna keep on coming please continue to like and follow the Stephen a smith show right here on youtube just click the bell and get notified for all of our new content and bam there it is and while you're at it i mean since you're here anyway make sure to grab a copy of my new book the new york times best-selling book straight shooter a memoir of second chances and first takes of course i'll be taking your questions uh at the bottom of each show so please stick around and make sure you see whether or not i read some of your questions let me get right to it because the pittsburgh steelers now i know that normally people are seeing folks talk about the cowboys because their nauseating and disgusting fan base definitely creates headlines they find a way to get on my damn nerves every day and if you agitate me chances are you're gonna hear from me that's just the way i roll it's just the way i roll but damn it, that don't mean that there aren't things that make me happy because I'm not a Grinch, okay? I like to smile. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. But most importantly, I like to celebrate, okay? And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, Lord have mercy, they won a game last night in Lala in Los Angeles, California. Damn it, I wasn't there. Normally, I would be at an event such as that, but I wasn't able to make it. But everybody knows I'm a Steelers fan, and here's all I have to say about this. They finally looked like they had a damn offense. George Pickens had over 100 receiving yards. Deontay Johnson came back. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris running the football effectively. Kenny Pickett is mobile. Plus, obviously, he's sitting up there and guess what? He's able to throw the football a couple of times as well. The offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, for one Sunday afternoon wasn't offensive to the viewing public. Remember, they came into this game. Their offense was ranked 30th. They were ranked 30th in yards accumulated. Their passing attack was ranked 27th. Their running attack was ranked 28th. If you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers personnel, they shouldn't have numbers like that. But when you got an offensive coordinator that doesn't seem to know what the hell he's doing, it could be problematic. It really, really could. Those are the kind of numbers. Those are the kind of statistics that you could have. And that was their situation. So going up against the Los Angeles Rams, I got to admit to you, I can't front. I was worried about him. I really, really was. Puka Nakua is a bad brother. He's the rookie wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. We ain't heard much about Cooper Cup because he was injured to start off the season. And we know he's all world. Okay? And even when he came back and played a couple of games this season, he was still, I mean, he's still Cooper Cup. But this kid, Puka Nakua, he's something special. And with Sean McVay coaching them, with Matt Stafford throwing the football, with what those two brothers could do in Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, you never know how big they can explode. And I was just of the mindset that they was going to derail the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't think my Steelers were going to win this game. I predicted they were going to lose. I can't be happier to be wrong. Okay? I'm very, very happy. Now, I will say this. I don't like that damn fourth and inches call where it was some kind of tush push that didn't work out properly. You ain't the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't know how to execute that play yet. Okay? So because of it, you it was a generous, generous situation that ended up where the ball was positioned. It was a generous positioning of the football. And obviously the Los Angeles Rams have nobody but themselves to blame because even though the play was challengeable, it would have been challengeable under two minutes left, whether you had timeouts or not. But before the two-minute warning, you got to have timeouts remaining, and Sean McVay didn't have any timeouts remaining. And so the Steelers 
got lucky. Matthew Stafford wasn't able to get the ball back. They were able to hold on. Of course, T.J. Watt did something, right? He had an interception. This brother's just all world. He's something special. What can't this brother do? I got news for y'all. He's better than his brother was. And we all loved and revered the great J.J. Watt. He's better than his brother was. In case y'all didn't know. In case we want to sit up here and act like everything under the sun is all J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, three-time defensive player of the year. I get all of that, but T.J. Watt is better than his brother was. That's no shade on J.J. It's just elevation to how phenomenal T.J. is. I don't think the Steelers' defense would exist without him. So I just wanted to take a moment to give them love. They, you know, they five and, you know, I mean, they four and two. Um, they right there in the thick of things in the AFC North. Of course, the Baltimore Ravens are atop because they beat down and bum-rushed the Detroit Lions. You see, it's fraudulence. You see, when you're looking for the definition of fraudulence, that's what the damn Detroit Lions showed you today. You got a top four offense. You got a top nine defense. You got Jared Goff, who was an MVP candidate. They were 13-3 and since week nine of last season. Second best record in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers. You had a quarterback in Jared Goff that in that span had thrown 28 touchdowns and just four interceptions. You had Jamison Williams coming back from his old gambling suspension. You got Amon Ra St. Brown. He's out there catching passes. You're looking at the Detroit Lions and you're saying, excuse me, even on my A-list on first take on ESPN's first take last week, I had them as number one TV in the NFL. Damn it, I'm stuttering, tripping over myself because it came out of my mouth to be complimentary of a franchise that's perpetually disgusting. One playoff game, one playoff victory since 1957. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 10 years before I was born. That's 66 years. That was so damn long ago, I don't remember who the hell the president was. Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower. I had to look it up. I had to have my research to look it up. I didn't remember who the hell the president was in 1957. Thank y'all for telling me. Thank y'all for telling me, because damn it, I didn't remember. Dwight Eisenhower. That's the Lions, other than the one playoff victory they had about 30 years ago. That was the last time they had won a playoff game. They got one playoff victory since 1957. I mean, the last time, with the exception of one playoff victory, the last time the Lions have been relevant, I mean, that's when the Dixiecrats were, that's when the Democrats were called Dixiecrats. I mean, don't get me wrong, Barry Sanders, when he was there, I mean, we all know, but it was Barry Sanders, it wasn't Detroit Lions, it was him. He was electrifying, but we knew they weren't going to any damn place. But the Detroit Lions to show up there and to get your ass kicked so thoroughly, so embarrassingly, so profoundly. I mean, it was a statement game, y'all. Day twa, as the late great Stuart Scott, God rest his soul, would always say. What the hell happened to the Detroit Lions? I mean, just when you started believing. A loss is a loss. We get all of that. We understand that. But 28 to nothing, 35 to nothing. And before you ultimately lose 38 to 6, you got your ass beat. And I knew Lamar Jackson was going to show out. I knew. And I said it before. I said, listen, Ravens going to win the game. That don't mean that Jared Goff ain't going to ball, but he ain't going to ball better than Lamar Jackson in this game. Lamar Jackson just got the bag. Lamar Jackson is the former league MVP. Lamar Jackson is listening and want to put the world on notice. Y'all must have forgot who the hell I am. And he's going to embrace this as a personal challenge. And he's going to go out there and he's going to shine. He's going to bust their ass. But I didn't expect Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions offense to lay down like a bunch of dogs stinking up the joint. What happened to biting kneecaps, Dan Campbell? What happened to that? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And as a result, the Lions reminded us that they're just another team. They ain't as special as we thought they are. I understand one game doesn't make a season. But this was arguably the biggest game 
in recent history for the Detroit Lions. A statement game to make sure they ensured everybody that what you're seeing is not your lion eyes. It is real. We are real. We are coming. And then you stink up the joint like that. Get your ass kicked in, in Baltimore. It was shameful. It really, really was. Speaking of shameful, that's what we once said about or we've been saying rather about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Remember when the Dallas Cowboys destroyed them? Just embarrassed them. Remember that? Because I do. Remember what Dallas Cowboys did to them? I mean, when you think about that, what do you say? Dallas Cowboys beat them 38 to 10. And that loss was followed up by a 34 to nothing beat down by the New Orleans Saints. Led by Derek Carr, by the way. That's important to note since they lose to practically everybody else but managed to shut out the Patriots. And then, of course, there was last week's loss to the Las Vegas Raiders and his former pupil, Josh McDaniel, his former offensive coordinator, who's not a head coach in Las Vegas, but doesn't deserve to be. He should be back in New England as an offensive coordinator. And Bill O'Brien should be somewhere. Instead of the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, he should be coaching at Alabama or someplace. Or at least being a head coach on the collegiate level. But that is not what happened. And so the Buffalo Bills strolled into New England today and we were expecting the New England Patriots to get romped. And lo and behold, they jumped out to a lead on Buffalo. Buffalo comes back, takes the lead. But ultimately, Mac Jones throws a touchdown pass in the waning moments, lifting the New England Patriots to a 29-25 victory over the Buffalo Bills. And all I have to say about the Buffalo Bills is, you ain't what we thought you were either. But some could argue it is. What did I say to y'all weeks ago? Am I lying now? When I sat up there and I said, Stefan Diggs was very, very frustrated. We saw his antics on the sideline during the AFC Championship game. We saw how he didn't want any part of the, of the team in the offseason. We saw how he showed up to training camp late and he was still a bit perturbed. And I told y'all what I had heard. I told you why. He believes this team has missed its window. Miami's on the come up. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati has arrived. Baltimore doesn't fade. Lamar Jackson's got his money. Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland. We wish him nothing but the best with his shoulder injury, by the way, because you got a $230 million guaranteed contract. And we know that Cleveland can ball. They just beat Indianapolis 39-38. Even though their defense didn't show up as well as we had expected them to, their defense was widely considered big time before Sunday afternoon. So all you need is Deshaun Watson to show up healthy and to remind you how he can ball and who knows what Cleveland could do. You still got Trevor Lawrence in the South. You still got Patrick Mahomes out West. You're supposed to have the Chargers, but Brandon Staley is still their coach and they will not let, they will not come to their senses and let this man go. They need to. Hey, maybe by the time this taping is posted for all of you to see, Brandon Staley will be gone because he damn sure deserves to be. They need a new coach. Denver won a game. They ended up beating the Packers and Matt LeFleur. Well, guess what? When you look at the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, yeah, he took that money, that Walmart money, but in the end, what he should have done was waited for the Cronky money. What he should have done who stayed his behind off of Pico Boulevard at Fox Studios and waited for that Chargers job to open so he could be coaching Justin Herbert instead of Russell Wilson. That's what he should have done. But nevertheless, he didn't. And Brandon Staley is still a char the Las Vegas, uh, no, sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers coach. He just doesn't have it, y'all. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't have the pulse of the team. He's not the guy that's going to win for you. I'm not questioning his football acumen, his football knowledge. I'm just questioning his ability to lead that team because other coaches with that talent on the Chargers, could you imagine what other coaches would have done? I'm just saying. Is somebody going to say it? I think it's necessary personally. I think it's something that we got to touch on. But getting back to Bill Belichick, it was a tremendous victory for him because 
if you can believe it, the six-time champion for the New England Patriots as a head coach, some would say he was on a hot seat. I'm here to tell you he deserves it. Bill Belichick, the coach, does not deserve it. Bill Belichick, the GM, does. He's been horrible. Talent ultimately wins. His ego clearly has gotten in the way. He wants his kind of guy instead of the best guy. And as a result, he ain't getting it done. I mean, if you look at Bill Belichick and what he has accomplished, what has he accomplished without Tom Brady? 81 and 94 record in games Tom Brady hasn't started. He's also 26 and 30, including a playoff loss since Brady left New England after the 2019 season. He could have kept Brady. He didn't want him. He wanted to push him out the door. Be careful what you wish for. Chicken's coming home to roost. So we got to pay attention to all of that. How horrific their offense has been. And we got to pay attention to the fact that Bill Belichick has been in control all of these years. And since 2012, he's drafted two pro bowlers. Do you know who they are? One was a punter and one was a punt returner. Now think about this. There's a quarterback. There's guards and tackles and ends on the offensive line. There's linebackers and defensive linemen, defensive tackles, defensive ends on defense. There's, there's safeties. There's cornerbacks. There's running backs. There's wide receivers. There's tight ends. And this man, Bill Belichick, has managed to pick two pro bowlers in a decade. No, you don't know what the hell you're doing when it comes to value and talent. That's just the bottom line. He may be able to coach exceptionally well and his football acumen is unrivaled. So he understands what the personnel should be doing, but can he pick the right people to actually do it? He has proven that that is an emphatic no to that question. Period. He's proven it. And we need to all stop denying it because it's just the truth. There is no way around it. So I just think it's important to say that. Um, I've said it on many occasions. I'm going to say it again. Bill Belichick is a phenomenal coach. If you have your druthers, if your owner, Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots, you don't let him go. But what you do do is call him into your office and you say his privileges of Picking the roster has to come to an end. And if he can't accept that, then you do get a new coach. Because Tom Brady ain't walking through that door. Rob Gronkowski, as bored as he looks on television, doing color commentary on pregame shows, because he does look a bit bored and a bit out of place. I'm not questioning his skill set or anything like that. I'm just saying that he looks like somebody that isn't that excited about being there compared to others. Probably because he still want to be on the football field, but he don't want just anybody throwing him the football. I can respect that. But Tom Brady ain't walking through that door in New England. Rob Gronkowski ain't walking through that door in New England. Randy Moss ain't walking through that door in New England. It's not going to happen. And because it's not going to happen, just like it was time to move on from the players, it might be time to move on from the GM even if that means moving on from the coach too. That's just how I feel about it. The record, the anemic performances, the picking of a defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and a special teams guy and Joe Judge to be his de facto offensive coordinators and play callers last season. To put Matt Jones in that kind of situation, I think is unconscionable. So if Bill Belichick has to go, you got to go. Plain and simple. Last item on the list before I go to commercial. We're talking about Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Robbed at gunpoint over $100,000 worth of jewelry just after midnight on Friday and demanded he hand over his valuables, which included chains and a luxury watch before the thieves fled. He's 29 years of age. He spent the first six, six years of his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. Spent last season with the Baltimore Ravens. Finished second on the team with 458 receiving yards. He's a 2016 first, fourth round pick out of Florida. He's in his first season with the Rams, but has appeared on just 17 offensive snaps in five games. So he's primarily a special teams player. 
It's dangerous out here, folks. First of all, <clears throat> be careful of the jewelry you wear. Secondly, understand the times that we're living in. I get sick and tired of people not seeing what the hell is going on. See the forest from the trees. You see, you can't hear the report. You can't see the news and see violence. You can't sit up there and notice a recession. You can't look at a job market where there's labor participation and supposedly the unemployment numbers are low, but the cost of living has been elevated. The salaries that you earn don't necessarily match it. You got people all over the street to L.A. homeless. We're advertising how lenient we've gotten on crime where people commit crimes. OK, and they out the same day without even paying bail for crying out loud. You can't do all of that. You can't have all of that going on. And not related to an incident like this. Because all that means is that you're not paying attention. First of all, let me, are you ready for this? Let me applaud the robbers. Yeah, I said it. Thank you for not killing him. Thank you. We got enough killings in this world. Got enough. Thank you for sparing his life. Because you see, Sean Taylor couldn't say the same in 2007. The former Washington, when they were called the Redskins, the former Washington Redskins, who was murdered. He can't say that. Former light middleweight champion of the world, Vernon Forrest, who beat Sugar Shane Mosley. He can't say that. He was murdered in 2009. Two years after Sean Taylor was murdered at a gas station. Former New York Knicks and Chicago Bull Eddie Curry. Robbers entered his family home. Tied up him and his family. Made off with various items of jewelry and cash, but they didn't kill him. Thank God. To the thieves and the robbers and people like that out there. You don't have to kill me nine times out of 10 people to give up this stuff. It ain't worth it. It's just things. It's a damn shame. But that's the world we're living in. If you're an athlete, be careful about the kind of jewelry you're wearing around your sleeve. And by the way, try not to be alone. Try not to be alone. I used to wear jewelry all the time. I never, I was never Mr. T. I pitted a fool. I was never that dude. I ain't have a bunch of chains around my neck or anything like that. But I'd rock some jewelry, some ice every now and then. I'm very selective at when, to, when I wear stuff now. 90% of the time, I don't even have anything on me. Don't invite trouble if you don't have to. Unfortunately, it's the world we're living in. You see, it's a message here. Our society is only as strong as its weakest link. If there's a desolate and disenfranchised community out there starving to make ends meet, starving to eat. Stuff like this is going to happen. Chances are 99% of the time, the people that's doing this ain't doing this for fun. They're doing it for survival. And I'm not absolving them by any stretch of the imagination. You committing crimes, you get caught, you should do the time. It don't make me proud or happy to say that there needs to be enough jail cells. It don't make me proud to say that our society don't need to be lenient on crime. We got some civilized, law-abiding American citizens all over the place that are being victimized by people in this country. And then depending on what city you live in, you got folks walking around Always talking about let's get guns off the street, but they never get it from the bad guys. Never. 
Now, I believe in the right to bear arms. I believe in my Second Amendment rights, but I don't believe in walking around with AK-47s and Uzis and all of this nonsense. And I don't believe people should have a license to carry, walk in the streets of America. This ain't the wild, wild west. But should you be allowed to have a weapon in your home? Yes. Should you be allowed to defend yourself? Yes. Because the police can't be everywhere. How do we know that? Because we see so many of them retiring. Because they believe that the laws have gotten so soft. They're like the hell with this. And if we do anything, we might get sued. So law enforcement has been compromised to some degree. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. I'm not trying to get political here. I'm simply pointing out the obvious. It's stressful out here. It's hard. I'm looking at my producers, Michael and Tom. and Let me tell y'all something right now. Barely two with his about to get married self. Let me tell you something. Did y'all know that the rate of inflation doubles the rate of your income? The pace, the economic recession. I mean, do you, did you get that? The money that you receive is outpaced by education. The price is actually double. For those of you out there who want kids, I know I got two of them. I can't tell you the money I pay for my daughters to be in school. You don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. But we all make sacrifices. And damn it, I tell them all the time, oh, y'all going to pay up. Eventually, you're going to pay up. You're going to take care of daddy. Somehow, somewhere, you're going to take care of daddy. Trust you me. I'm going to get it back. But damn it, it's expensive. Food's expensive. Do you know the other day, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I'm embarrassed to admit it. But damn it, I'm not. Because as y'all know, you know, I've gotten myself in some shape. I've lost about 33 pounds. Cholesterol level dropped. Sugar levels have been managed. Insulin levels have dropped dramatically. All my numbers are great. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have a pot belly no more. None of that. So I decided I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go out and get me some, some crunch berries. I ain't eat no crunch berries in months. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me some crunch berries. Man, I went to one store, man. They trying to charge over $5 for a box of cereal. For a box of cereal. Y'all, I remember when it was one. They got me sounding like I'm 80 years old. I mean, damn. Don't go. You, you want to avoid depression? Don't go and pump gas. Oh, I don't even want you to see the price of gas. Don't even want you to see the price of gallon of gas. You know, the numbers just keep going and going and going. And then you look at the gallon, you ain't even reach one yet. Not one. $5 in, $6 in. Ain't even a gallon of gas in your car. I mean, excuse my language, shit's crazy. It really is. And I'm getting paid. Imagine how it is for people who are not. Desperate times call for desperate measures. That's why in the richest country in the world, in a capitalistic society, although there will always be haves and have nots in comparison to one another, the richest country in the world shouldn't have some of the poorest people in the world. I am not a Republican. Though some of you may think that. You know why you think that? Because I am conservative fiscally. I believe in free market capitalism. I believe in less government intervention when it comes to economic issues. I can't stand high taxes. I firmly believe that every American citizen who pays their taxes should walk home with a minimum of 50% of their money after everything is taken out. I don't want to hear federal, but state, 
varies and New York is 11 and California is 13 percent. But there's no state income taxes. By the way, those no state income tax places, just so you know, is Delaware. It's Washington, state of Washington. It's Nevada. It's Tennessee. It's Texas. It's Florida. And if I'm missing one, don't you worry, I'll find out within the hour. It matters. It matters. Do you know that living in New York or California? If I simply got up and moved to Tennessee. Or Florida. Or Texas or Nevada. Do you know I would automatically have received a 10 to 12 percent raise? Because there's no state income tax. All I'm trying to say to you is that money matters. The economy matters. Jobs matter. Employment matters. Because when it doesn't happen, you get stories, stories like Demarcus Robinson getting robbed in L.A. By a hotel. It ain't safe out in these streets. Because desperate times exist. For an awful lot of people, no matter what the hell our government wants to tell you. Remember that. Keep your head on a swivel. And thank the good Lord that those thieves, those robbers. Weren't murderers. I'm so happy that Demarcus Robinson is still alive. He can replace those jury, that jury he may not even want to. And if he didn't want to, I wouldn't blame him. There's one thing to be alive. It's another thing to live and to be living. And there's a whole bunch of people out in the world today that are alive, but they ain't living. And you remember that scene from Batman that I told you about where the butler, Albert, is telling Christian Bale, Batman, some people can't be bought. Some people just want to see the world burn. Thank God that Demarcus Robinson didn't run in to somebody like that. Otherwise, today on a football Sunday or, or, you know, yesterday on a football Sunday, we would have been lamenting the passing of a professional athlete. Minding this business and just wearing jewelry. Keep your head on a swivel, y'all. Keep your head on a swivel. Those are the times we're living in. Recognize it. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Back with some pop culture items I think you'll like me to get into. Including a golden bachelor. Brother, 72 years old. Got women chasing him. What the hell is this world coming to? We'll discuss in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Thank you for joining me as always, at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, I need to transition because I got something on my mind. You know, in the day and age that we're living in, pop culture is just a thing that people love to talk about. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith was the subject of the day last week. Um, They weren't the only subjects, though. Um, This week, this I I can't believe that this story is still percolating. The, the Golden Bachelor. The, the, the Golden Bachelor. Now, everybody been telling us in the world of advertising and sponsorships that the top two de- coveted demographics, 18 to 34, 25 to 49. That's what they say. If you got an older audience, that's supposed to be problematic. I mean, they're talking about late night. That could be Kimmel. That could be Fallon. That could be Colbert. 
It don't matter where you look. Late night's supposed to be a problem because the audience is getting older. Baseball was having a problem because the audience was getting older. And you don't ingratiate yourself with the younger audience, so oh my goodness, you ain't going to last. Well, a golden bachelor's throwing all of that out the window. This dude is 72 years old. Father too, and getting his groove on. Got women willing to show up on national television, throwing themselves at him. I hope he chooses me. This is what they saying. You can't make this up. Now, the brother don't look bad at all. Let me say that. Gary Turner is his name. Gary Turner. And the rave, I mean, the, the, the first episode was like 4.3 million viewers. The Golden Bachelor. I can't believe, I got to admit, whoever came up with this idea, props to them. I never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought this show would work. I'm like, look, man, you're in your 70s, and you know what I'm saying? And I mean, we got a lot of folks out there that are widowed and stuff like that. Ain't none of us getting older. This ain't Mork and Mindy from the 70s or 80s where you get younger as time goes on. We all get older. So we root for him. Don't get me wrong. Ain't no shade, no negativity thrown in his direction. And for the ladies out there who don't have a man because... Your husband passed away, God rest his soul, or you got a divorce, or you just never chose to get married and you wanted to wait until your senior citizen years to do it. Yo, ain't nobody hating you. Ain't nothing but love for you. Get yours, all right? But there is a way to do things. There is a way. Now, to me, I don't want to see no 72-year-old person, man or woman, Kissing numerous people. That's just me. Now, I would like to remind y'all I'm the youngest of six. And I'm going to tell y'all a little funny story about me. And I'm going to openly confess. My, my, my team is looking at me. I got my, I got my producers and writers. They're looking at me like I'm crazy right now because they know I'm about to go someplace, but they don't know where I'm going. I'm about to throw myself on Front Street and really, really tell on myself right now. Okay, this is absolutely true. My sisters and all of them used to be like, you're pathetic. I'm, I'm the youngest of six. My mother and father had six kids in 10 years. Sherry, look up when I'm talking about this. This is important. Mom, I'm going to say it again. Stop laughing, Michael. Stop laughing, Tom. This is serious. Okay, this is serious. My mama and my daddy had six kids in 10 years. That's a lot of activity. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of activity, you know? And me being the youngest of six, I truly was the baby because I couldn't stand the thought of my mother getting a group on. I'm just going to admit it. I'm just going to admit it. I hated it. It was bad, y'all. Y'all, I ain't talking about when I was a kid. I'm talking about when I was a grown-ass man. I would pull up to Hollis, Queens. On purpose, I would slam open the gate. I would push open the door. And I would stomp around the house. And march up the stairs. Just so my parents could hear me and they could stop doing anything that they were doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I was cock blocking my daddy. I was cock blocking my daddy. I'm just telling you the truth. I couldn't stand the thought of my mama getting a groove on. I, I couldn't stand the thought of a, a man touching my mama, even though it was my father. My sister's like, so pathetic. How the hell you think you got here? I didn't want to know. I, I mean, if you let me get away with it, I would have I would have con contrived in my mind that it was an immaculate conception. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't. And I'm talking about in my 30s into my 40s, I used to do that. I couldn't stand it. I, I just couldn't stand it.
I like my mom. One time my mother asked, I look at this. I said, mommy, I love you. I think you're too old. I think you're too old to be doing that. They're like, what? <laughs> I said, I think you're too old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and my father would crack up laughing. And one time, I mean, it's on, you know, one of them and walls, one of them big cabinets in the bedroom. I walked up there. My mother asked me to go up there and get something. And I saw like 10 different bottles of different ginseng products. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I came downstairs. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? I was upset. And, and, and Pops was dying laughing. But my mother was so shy, you know, she's embarrassed. I'm like, what's all them damn ginseng products up there? I know what that's for. What's going on? What's going on? And my sister Linda, went, what the hell you think is going on? Mind your damn business. Shut up. And then slapped me upside my head and told me to get in the kitchen. But if it affected me. It affected me. So I bring all of that up to say, I'm not down for the older folks getting down. It's, 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 it's a struggle. <laughs> it's just a struggle. And, and I know they got to do it. I know, I mean, you should live. You understand? Know you should live. But I'm like, do you have to do that? Do you have to do that? And so when I think about the Golden Bachelor and I think about this woman, Sandra, who's all the rave, 75-year-old woman. Look good, by the way. Go ahead, girl. She does look good now. But she's trying to get a sister now, only sister there. And she's trying to get what to do. You know what I'm saying? She's trying to, she trying, she trying to get what to do. Gary, who not bad looking dude? But you going to skip your daughter's wedding to do it? Really? Really? Now, I know she gave you permission. And ain't like you skipped out on her while she sat up there and said, Mommy, where are you? Where are you? She said, I got my man. Go get yours. Well, wait a minute. How you know that that's hers? You don't know him. I mean, you don't know him. That's the golden bachelor. You understand? I get that. But we don't really, really know him. I just think it's a bit excessive to say the least. And I want to know this from the ladies. That's why I'm looking at one of my writers, Sherry. Sherry McCovey's her name. I want y'all to know her name because you know what I'm saying? I mean, Sumatra Hawkins is my personal sister. I want you to know her name. My sister Carmen Smith, I want you to know her name. You know what I'm All these people watching me, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They, they watching me. I, I just want to know what happened to women being courted. Since when did y'all condone women chasing men? Y'all been telling us about courting. Y'all been talking to us about pursuing y'all. Hell, we just played the video the other day of some trifling entitled girl talking about she too good to go into a cheesecake factory. No wonder I asked a single. But y'all been telling us that maybe she might have been a bit excessive, but women need to be courted. They don't need to have to pursue. Now, all of a sudden, the Golden Bachelor come along and we going to throw that out. You see, this is the problem. Let's call it what it is. If the man wasn't the golden bachelor, would she be doing that? If he was just walking the streets and just walked into a Walmart or walked into a Maestro's or a Catch or something like that, one of them restaurants, would she have said, whoa, I need to get with him? Would she have done that? But he on TV and he's the star attraction. And all of a sudden, that gets you, dare I say, a bit stimulated. Really? Really? Come on now. We not being consistent, ladies. Now, I don't mind. To each his own. I like an assertive woman. Man, ain't nothing wrong with an assertive woman. That kind of turned me on. I don't want aggressive. But assertive, yeah. You know, my girl was like that. She was assertive a little bit. She tried to deny it, but, you know, she saw old Stevie A. He was like, hey, 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 hey. You know, I <laughs> said, so how you doing? You know, so I like that. I like that. That works for me, you know. But not aggression. Some of these ladies, I'm just saying, I'm watching y'all on TV. I'm watching y'all talk. I'm like, yo. What's up? Where's the consistency? 
72 years old, trying to get his freak on, and none of y'all got a problem with it. None of y'all. He's the golden bachelor. I ain't mad at him, though. Good-looking man, seemed like a good person. And the ladies there, including Sandra, seemed like they got their own thing going on. More power to you. But missing your daughter's wedding? The word desperate don't occur to nobody? Excuse the double negative. You going to miss your daughter's we wedding? You couldn't escape for one day to be there for your daughter walking down the aisle and holding matrimony, giving her life to a man until death do a part? You couldn't be there for that because you're trying to nab the golden bachelor? What if he turns you down? What if he turns you down because he don't like your decision no matter how much he pretends he's okay with it? You have any idea how you and your daughter are going to end up feeling? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Moving on. Meryl Streep. Why would I bring up that woman? That three-time Academy Award winner. Oscar-winning actress, 74 years of age, 176 years of age. They recently revealed they called it quit six years ago. Story sound familiar? Let me tell you what's unfamiliar about it. That's all we know. We don't know why. We don't know what happened. We didn't know when it happened or anything like that. And they ain't out telling their damn business like Jada and Will are. Or should I say Jada while Will allows it? They sat up there and said, we've been separated for six years. Still married, but we've been separated for six years. Now you might say, why don't you get divorced? Why don't you get divorced? Because God damn it, it's cheaper to stay together. We don't want to admit it, but money matters. I know, I'm going to shock you ladies. I know very few men in this world who don't want to get married. To marry somebody that you love, to know that you covered like that, to know that you got somebody to come home to that wants to see your ugly ass. They don't mind that you have bad breath in the morning. They don't mind that you're farting and passing gas sometimes during the day. They don't mind that you're bugging them for meals. They don't mind that the same old mundane, reg regular, rudimentary stuff that you always do. They don't mind. They don't mind. They don't mind. They don't mind when you have a pot belly. They don't mind when you're out of shape. They stay, they stay and stick with you when, you, when, when you're a bit rotund. You understand? I'm not talking about you getting to the point where you're looking like Rasputia or Norbit, but you know what I'm saying. Everybody would like that. But when are we going to face reality that the government in the United States with these laws is what has tarnished the world of marriage? When are we going to do that? If somebody has to worry that when you wake up one day and you might decide you don't want them any longer, but you still think you entitled to their pension and their retirement dollars and half of the income. Guess what? Love ain't a priority then. It matters, but it ain't the damn priority. If he loves you, if he, if he loved you, if he loved you, he would not want a prenup. Shut up. I don't know when I'm going to get married. But I believe it's going to happen. You know how I know it's going to be a prenup? Because the prenup was written years ago. It gets modified every year. Oh, you're going to be a, it's gonna be a prenup. You ain't going to wake up one day and decide that my ass is ugly and my hairline is something you can't take. You understand what I'm saying? I lost too much weight. I'm not looking good enough for you or whatever the case may be. But I'm I'm. But I'm taking half your stuff with you. Oh, hell to the no. No, 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 no. That's not happening. And in the state of California, you got community property. Hell, you're living with somebody for seven years. That's all you need. They got stuff like that going on. So I say all of that to you to say, yo, here's the deal. Okay. If you're in California, stay together. If you're not together yet, but you want to get together, don't do it in California. That's my personal advice.
without knowing the specific laws of the state. I'm not Gavin Newsom, who knows that stuff like the back of his hand. Of course, he's the governor. But I got an idea. And I'm willing to bet if you 74 and your husband's 76 and y'all been separated for the last six years, but you're not divorced, chances are you stayed married because it's cheaper to stay together. In name only. So monetarily, you don't have to worry about being compromised. Meryl Street. At least you and your husband admitted it and left it at that. As opposed to writing some tell-all book. Emasculating your man. Like Jada is doing. I applaud you, Meryl Street. I applaud you. Last but not least, Britney Spears made news too. Now, let me say this. I think it's safe to say she's just not all there. If we can remember the line, he's just not that into you. We can remember the line, she's just not all there. You know, some men walk away, some men run for their lives, you know. And when I saw Britney Spears on video playing with them damn knives weeks ago, I wouldn't have been with her. I'd have told her I'm going out for groceries. I'll be right back. She didn't never see me again. She looked crazy. I'm just telling you what I, I'm just telling you what the video show. That's all. In any event, she's coming out with a new book. She has a new book coming. We're told it's full of bombshells. One story that came out from it already says that Justin Timberlake got her pregnant. But she says she couldn't have the baby because he didn't want it. She started to get backlash for telling so much in her book. And she posted a statement saying she's not trying to hurt anyone, but it's her story to tell. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. Once again, Brittany, that's none of our business. You could have said you were pregnant and the person didn't want you to have the baby. And the person was relatively popular, but we ain't saying his name because we don't want to throw him under the bus like that because he is a married man with children. Now, you didn't have to do that. You could have said that. Okay. Secondly, and more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some man bashing going on because they're talking about how, you know, pregnancy issues are not just the man. It should be not just the woman. It should be about the man too. Well, respectfully, to some of you, not most, not all, because all of you and most of you haven't said this, but there was some women out there that were saying, it's our body. We can do what we want to do. Who's the hell is anybody else to tell us what to do? So if it is your body and it is your decision and you can do what you want to do, why are we looking at the man? Now, to me, whether you want the child or not is not an issue. There's plenty of men that had children that didn't want the child when they learned of the pregnancy. But as long as one from the moment that child was conceived and definitely from the time he, the child was born, you were a responsible parent and you were there providing and protecting your child. That's all that matters. Your initial reaction to the obligations that come with parenthood, particularly to the other parent. It's not something that should be taken into consideration or held against you. If indeed you stepped up and handled your responsibility when that child arrived and in, 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 as far as I'm concerned, even before the child arrived. That child is growing inside of a woman's body, courtesy of you as a man, you have a responsibility to do everything you can to ensure its well-being. That is my belief. There is no law that says you have to like it. And so all of these people that try to get caught up and stuff, I would say pump your brakes. And at the end of the day, Britney Spears made her decision. It was her body. She had the freedom to do what she wanted to do. And she elected to make the decision that she made, allegedly, based on her book that is forthcoming where she reveals such things. But at the end of the day, you've got your money in a conservatorship or at least you once had it to that in that in that position. You've clearly had some issues. 
You're on videos in this day and age playing with knives, poking yourself and all of this other stuff. If you did have children, we'd be concerned. Actually, I think Britney does have two kids. She has two kids with Kevin Featherline. Featherline, if I remember correctly, she's got two kids. But it's just amazing to me. Everybody always got to tell everything. And if you're going to tell stuff, tell stuff about yourself. Tell stuff about your personal experiences. I would know. Once again, I'm a best-selling author. I'm going to say that forever because once you're on a list, it's forever. I was a straight shooter with things I told. There's a lot of things I didn't say. Because the book was mine. It was about me, not to incriminate others. It's just a thought. Something to think about. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Back with your with your questions to close out the show in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith's show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Uh, it has not escaped me that the start of the NBA season is this uh, Tuesday. Um, it's very, very simple for me. The Eastern Conference is a two-horse race. It comes down to the Milwaukee Bucks against the Boston Celtics. I love the fact that Damian Lillard has arrived in Milwaukee. Even though Drew Holiday is a tremendous loss, he is not the assassin that Damian Lillard is. When you think about Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the improved health of Chris Middleton, the new coach, and Adrian Griffin, the Bobby Portises of the world coming off the bench, the Brooks Lopez still in tow, etc. Milwaukee's bench might be a bit compromised, but I believe the Eastern Conference Finals will come down to them, and it will come down to the Boston Celtics. Now, the Boston Celtics lost Marcus Smart, and I think that's a tremendous loss. He's a rough rider, heart and soul of the team. But you gave Jalen Brown over $300 million. You're going to give Jason Tatum over $350 million. They're the two cornerstones of your franchise, and both are under the age of 27. When you combine that with the fact that you still got Al Horford, you still got Derek White, okay? And then you went out there and you got Chris Stapps Porzingis, who's 7'3", can shoot threes and can block shots. And he's a more reliable version, dare I say, than Robert Williams III, who's been perpetually injured and struggles to play half the season every year. I think that the Boston Celtics are the favorites to win it all. I think they should be. We can look at the Denver Nuggets and their continuity out west. They're the reigning defending NBA champions. But if they got back to the finals, which is very possible, I think they'd lose to Boston. I think they'd lose to Boston. I think when you look at Denver, they're a team to be reckoned with. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you something. I hope I don't eat crow. I'm not sleeping on the Lakers. I love the fact that they kept their team intact. Austin Reeves is back. Jared Vanderbilt is back. D'Angelo Russell is back. Okay. Rui Hachimura is back. Anthony Davis is the new $62 million man. LeBron James is still going strong. I like the Torian Princes of the world, the Jackson Hayes of the world, the Christian Woods of the world. Some of these additional bodies that can play the five for you so Anthony Davis doesn't have to. Because I think that could assist in him ultimately being healthy. And that's what this really comes down to. Anthony Davis, who I call Six Flags because he's a roller coaster. One day he'll drop 40. The next game he'll drop 11. If that brother can give you consistent excellence, which he is more than capable of doing because his A game is a top seven player in the world. That brother can make things happen. We're waiting for Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both healthy have the Lakers number. We can't ignore that. With Ty Lewis, their coach, who I consider to be arguably the best in the business. We can't ignore the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. Devin Booker, who is very Kobe-esque to me. 
We're going to find out. Now, I think I'm questioning who's going to be the leader in Phoenix. Let's not forget Frank Vogel is the head coach there now. He's got some things to prove. He's very salty. He doesn't like the way he was pushed out of the door in L.A. You got a lot of stuff going on there. But I'm here to tell you right now, Frank Vogel can coach. He's not a scrub. He's a champion. And Phoenix is something to be reckoned with. Dallas, I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs. With Kyrie and Luka. Offensively, nobody can stop them. Defensively, who they gonna stop? I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm looking at Minnesota and Sacramento is coming. De'Aaron Fox is a star. I'm not sold on Sabonis, but I like I love, I love Malik and De'Aaron Fox together. I love Keegan Murray. Love him. I'm looking at them. Harrison Barnes is a champion, knows what he's doing out there, does his job. I'm looking at Mike Brown, knows what he's doing as a coach. I like what I'm seeing in Sacramento. Can't ignore them. Can't ignore them. So things are going to be very interesting out West. I think you have five legitimate title contenders out West. I really, really feel that way. At least you got Denver. You got both LA teams. You got Phoenix. Okay. You got Phoenix there. I'm going to look at Memphis. When Ja Morant comes back after his 25-game suspension, do you have any idea the mission he's going to be on? Do you have any idea how he is going to wreak havoc upon people? Do you know what y'all are in for with Ja Morant when he comes back? I'm scared for the league when Ja Morant comes back. This brother's a superstar. I think he's going to be more focused than ever. Brandon Clark, Steven Adams, ain't hurt no more like they were in the playoffs last year. Memphis is not, and Dylan Brooks is gone, but Desmond Bain is still there. I like what I'm seeing, and I'm telling y'all, I can't sleep on the Memphis Grizzlies. Can't do it. And I damn sure ain't sleeping on Sacramento. That's six teams out west. I ain't even count Minnesota. Didn't even count them. And Anthony Edwards is coming. Still got Carl Anthony Towns with him. And Rudy Gobert. So it's nothing. Lakers got swept by Denver. Minnesota beat Denver in one of those games. So we got to remember this. Pay attention to what's going on. Back East, James Harden. I don't blame him for how he feels, ladies and gentlemen. If Daryl Morey lied and ghosted him the way that he told people Daryl Morey did. James Harden should be irate. He just should think about his teammates too because they didn't do it to him. And they need him. And until you are traded in all likelihood to the Clippers, toe the line. Just be cool. We know that you've, you called Daryl Morey a liar. We know that. We know that you said you never want to play for them again. We know this. We know why. We got it. We understand. But Stop bringing attention to yourself because you don't want to play. You don't want to show up to work. That is not a good reputation to have. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to the calls. At Backflip Dace, D-A-S-E. He writes, with your life on the line, you taking Steph or Reggie Miller for the game winner? Reggie Miller's a good comparison because he closed. No doubt about it. But I still believe that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter God ever created. I'm not saying he has the resume that says you take him over Reggie Miller in closing moments. I'm saying he's so phenomenal as a shooter. I can't in good conscience pick anybody over Steph Curry with a last shot on the line whose name ain't Michael Jordan. I just can't do it. Next question. At K Poor's 78. K-P-O-R-Z, 78, writes, will there be a quarterback controversy in New York after two weeks of Taylor playing well? I don't think it's a quarterback controversy because they didn't give Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, $40 million a year. They gave that to Daniel Jones and money talks. And as long as Daniel Jones is healthy and ready to go, the Giants have to try and justify that investment. It's just that simple. And by the way, Tyrod Taylor didn't play that great the first go round. You saw how Brian Dable was yelling at him when he couldn't get off a play in the red zone before time expired in the first half the previous week. So let's not forget that. Anyway, Brian Rodriguez at Mario for Ever 1118 
writes, what is the record you predict the Knicks will have this season? I think the Knicks will go about 48 and 34. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to be a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to get back to the semifinals of the Eastern Conference playoffs before losing to either Boston or Milwaukee. That is my prediction for the New York Knicks. At CSPO underscore, his name is Chris Santa. What are you essentially, what are you essentially items you use every day? I don't understand your question. Um, I use my iPad or my laptop or both. Um, Clearly my phone. Um, clearly my car because I drive myself most times. Um, suit and tie. I like to dress up. I like to look professional. Um, but those tools essentially because I'm reading all the time or I'm on the phone all the time. Cultivating resources, contact, gathering information and speaking to my loved ones. And of course, there's always a TV because I'm always watching something. There's always a radio on in my car because I'm always listening. So that would answer your question. I hope that works for you. I got to get on out of here for the day. I'm glad y'all joined me. I had a good time talking to y'all. I'll talk to y'all in a couple of days. I got a lot of work to do. Um, Never fail to catch me on first take every weekday morning on ESPN from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Never fail to catch me here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least with the Stephen A. Smith Show over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Um, and remember that I'm building a new studio and they're a few weeks away. I thought it was going to be two weeks, probably three weeks, something like that, but it's close to being done. Um, and I'll be there. And that's when this show is going to really take on a different dimension. I could explain it, but it's best that you see it until next time. Y'all peace and love. Stephen A signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.